The following is a presentation of the Open Door Bible Baptist Church and Pastor Chris Tice. For more audio and video content, please check us out on the web at www.opendoornj.org. This is uh, something, uh, again, we talked about husbands and wives, and maybe that didn't apply to everybody in the room. And uh, we talked about parents and children. Again, sometimes we miss some folks with that. But I think this is a subject that hits everybody. In other words, uh, we all want to have friends. Uh, We know that the amount of friends that one has on Facebook is not the determination of true biblical friendship, right? Uh, We we know that uh, friends are not determined by people who uh, uh, just kind of acquaintances, people that we just kind of casually know. Uh, Friends are people we're entering into a relationship with, and uh, we need to be careful how we choose our friends. Uh, I think the book of Proverbs makes it clear uh, that true friendship is based on love. True friendship is based on love. On love, a friend loveth. We said at all times. That's what the Word of God says. So a friend loveth at all times. A true friendship is based on love, because only love will endure the tests that friends experience as they go through life together. And so uh, we've got to love and have a, a true uh, understanding of what love is from the Word of God if we're going to be the kind of friend that uh, we should be. It's possible to have many companions and no real friends. It's possible to have many companions and no real friends. Friendship is something that has to be cultivated, and its roots have to go deep. Uh, I think sometimes we take the word friend uh, very casually, kind of like in the world. Uh, We take the word love, and we usually use it very casually. Uh, And I think these relationships are something that we need to step back from and look at and say, are they biblical? If I'm going to be a friend, and I'm going to be in a relationship where we're friends... Uh, the Bible says uh, I've, I've got to look at some criteria, if you would, from the Word of God and make sure uh, if I'm going to be a friend to somebody, I can be a friend to anybody. But if I'm going to enter into a friendship relationship with someone, I make sure that it's someone that's going to help me and not hurt me. Uh, God's people have to be careful in choosing their friends. I want to give you some qualities of true friendship tonight. And uh, I think uh, we look in the uh, Word of God that uh, we see in the Bible that there's friendships that are based on money. You can look at Proverbs chapter 6, verses 1 through 5. Uh, uh, there's uh, friendships that are based on sin. We can see that in the Bible. Those are poor uh, basis for friendship. They're destined to be disappointing. Amen? Uh, you build a friendship based on sin, a relationship based on sin, it's going to be a disappointing uh, relationship. Uh, friendships with people who have bad tempers. Uh, the Bible deals with them in Proverbs 22. Uh, how about friendships with people who speak foolishly? Proverbs chapter 14, verse 7, the Bible tells us to avoid those. Uh, friendships with people who rebel against authority. Friendships with people who are dishonest. Believers need to uh, heed Psalm 1, 1 and 2. Uh, would you look at that with me? Look at, look at uh, Psalms chapter 1. And uh, let's look at this when it comes to friendships as a principle for the basis of friendship. But uh, Psalm chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, uh, the Bible tells us there... Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. Let me ask you a question tonight. Do friends influence us? Yes, they do. If I'm going to enter into a friendship relationship with someone, I'm saying I want you to influence me, and I'd like to influence you. Uh, we enjoy each other's company. If, 
if we didn't enjoy each other's company and we didn't want to be an influence to each other, we wouldn't engage in a friendship relationship. A lot of times friends are uh, built around common interests. Uh, Maybe uh, your spouse was your friend before they were your spouse. And so you understand relationships, real relationships can be built on uh, good friendships. Uh, But bad relationships are built on bad friendships. And I I think it's important sometimes that uh, as Christians, we step back and we say, what? Who should be my friends? Uh, Who are people that I want to influence me? Who are people that I want to be around me, if you would, the circle of people uh, that I'm allowed to be my circle of influence in my life? Uh, Jesus had some people that were closer to him than others. I think of the 12 that were with him often, uh, but there's three individuals uh, who we see a lot with Jesus, and uh, I, think, uh, I think you'd agree with me as you read the Gospels. Peter, James, and John were often selected to be kind of a closer inner circle uh, of friends that Jesus had. He took them to places where he didn't take the others. And then I think ultimately we see uh, something between Jesus and John that was even further than that, if you would, uh, because the Bible talks about John being the disciple whom Jesus loved. And uh, so we see a relationship there, not that he didn't love the others, but we understand uh, there was a close relationship uh, based on love that we see between John and Jesus. Uh, So our friends influence us, we influence our friends, and uh, we need to be careful who we choose uh, out to be our friends. I I think, again, in the day and age that we live in, where we kind of in social networking refer to people as friends, Uh, we don't really think that these people are influencing us. If I'm reading the ideas, if I'm reading the opinions, if I'm reading the philosophies of others, it's going to influence me in some way. Uh, If I'm listening to uh, the speech, if I'm listening to the ideas of people as I'm talking and interacting with them, it's going to influence me. Uh, Part of the great thing about the local New Testament church is we come together as Christians, and uh, it's supposed to be a place where we can have a lot of friends. It's supposed to be a place where we can choose good friends because we have a common interest in Christ. We have a desire to go the same direction. Now, obviously, uh, the church is not the only place you can find friends, but it's a good place to start. It's a good place to begin. Uh, It's a good place to build relationships. I've already mentioned uh, uh, love, and uh, true love will produce loyalty when it comes to the qualities of friendship. But let me talk to you about some other uh, qualities of friendship. I said true friendships based on love. Uh, But let me give you this. Uh, Number one, true friends know how to keep confidence. True friends know how to keep confidence. Young people, this would be good for you to listen to in a sense of you know who your friends are by those that don't hurt you with what they know about you. Uh, By those that don't choose to use what they know about you to talk to others about what they know about you so that they can just kind of spread their knowledge of of, of what they know. Uh, True friends don't use what they know about me to hurt me. They are able to keep things in confidence. Isn't that true? I I mean, if if somebody uh, puts something to me, they want to help, uh, they're asking me to pray for them about something or they're asking me to help them with the situation. If I'm truly a friend, I'm able to keep that in confidence I'm able to pray with them about that situation without saying, did you hear what so-and-so? Do you know what so Did you? And uh, we just kind of just kind of blurt out everything we know about this person. And and, uh, boy, that's not being a friend, is it? Uh, But we see that a lot amongst people who call themselves uh, friends. Uh, Go to uh, Proverbs chapter 25. And uh, I want you to look at verse number 9. Proverbs chapter 25. 
uh, verses 9 and 10. Uh, and I want you to see this in the Word of God tonight. Proverbs chapter 25, verse number 9. The Bible says, Debate thy cause with thy neighbor himself, and discover not a secret to what? To another, lest he that heareth it put thee to shame, and thine infamy turn not away. You know, if you have a disagreement with somebody, don't bring another person into discussion by betraying confidence. Because the truth of the matter is, is you end up losing both your reputation and your friend who trusted you with their thoughts. You lose both. Uh, You lose the fact, I I don't know about you, but I think true friends are trustworthy. They're trustworthy. Uh, And by the way, let me preface it with this. That doesn't mean, young people, that you can share uh, uh, open sin or rebellion with a friend and they'll cover for you. That's not what I'm talking about when I'm talking about keeping things in confidence. I'm talking about if somebody has something or we had a disagreement Only me and that person know about it. Nobody else hears about it. Nobody else knows about it. Nobody is is, uh, educated on something that happened between me and somebody else. Nobody needs to know about it. Uh, I want to keep my friendship. I want to keep my trustworthiness. Uh, Listen, uh, if somebody hurts you, tell it to Jesus. I mean, that's the first place you should go. Tell it to Jesus. Well, I need to let everybody else know about it. I need to let everybody that... and, And we go out and we get on the phone... And uh, we tell everybody, or we get on, and uh, by the way, some people today, they just air all their grievances on, online. You know, so-and-so did this, so-and-so did that. And uh, Beware of cryptic talk. You know what cryptic talk is? It's, it's me saying something because I want people to ask me what I mean. It's me saying something because I want people to ask me who hurt me. It's me saying something because I want people to wonder what somebody did. It's leaving their... Uh, It's really leaving it up to their imagination to fill in all the blanks I left for them. By the way, people talk like that all the time. Oh, I don't want to. I would never say the person's name, but somebody did this. Uh, And uh, they'll just kind of say things like that. That's not friendship. Uh, That's not helpful. True friends know how to keep confidence. If If we aren't careful, gossip can ruin a friendship. Gossip can ruin a friendship. Can I say this? The Bible tells us, that gossip has no place in the life of a Christian, uh, that we're not supposed to be known for that. Uh, that's not supposed to be something that, uh, uh, that, that is part of our reputation as Christians, not a fruit of the life of a Christian. Uh, uh, filthy talking or jesting. The Bible talks about all kinds of corrupt communication, but gossip is one of them. So the wise thing to do is, is to cover offenses with love. That's what the Bible says. Uh, cover offenses with love. Again, I'm not talking about covering up sin, uh, but not everybody needs to know that somebody hurt me. I can work that out between them and the Lord and uh, work those things out. This leads to the next important, I believe, quality for true friends and uh, uh, good neighbors, and that is the ability to control the tongue. The ability uh, to control the tongue. It's a tough one, isn't it? It's a tough one. The Bible talks about it being a member that is difficult to tame. The Bible talks about it, it being part of us that can cause a lot of damage and often does. Uh, but can I share something with you? Your words uh, can do great good. Our words can, can build up. They can edify. Uh, they can be very helpful. But uh, let's, let's be honest tonight. Uh, words can be used to hurt people. Uh, uh, you ever, you've, you've heard this before. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words and names will never hurt me. 
The truth of the matter is, is that's not true. The truth of the matter is, is it does hurt when people say things about us. It does hurt when people falsely accuse us. It does hurt when people uh, uh, gossip about us. It does hurt uh, when people talk about us. And uh, we're not really being honest if we say, well, it doesn't bother me. It bothers us when people criticize us, whether that be publicly or privately. It bothers us when people talk about us, whether that be publicly or privately. By the way, most gossip doesn't remain private. That's why it's called gossip. It becomes common knowledge to people. Whether, Whether or not it's publicly addressed doesn't mean it's not public. Uh, uh, things can be known without a public announcement. And it's important that we don't uh, uh, carry on gossip and friendships. I'm just trying to be helpful from the Word of God tonight when it comes to friendships because I think we need this help. Uh, let, me, let me say this tonight uh, uh, when it comes to the tongue. If your neighbor or friend speaks falsely of you, talk to him about it privately, but don't seek to avenge yourself by talking about them. It's the worst possible trap uh, that sometimes Christians get into. Somebody said something about me, and so I'm going to say something about them. Well, that's not Christ-like. The Bible tells us to love our enemies. We're not talking about enemies tonight. We're talking about friends. But I believe the Lord sets the bar very high. If this is how we treat our enemies, how do we treat our friends? If we're to love our enemies and do good to them that hate us and despitefully use us, how do we treat our spouse or family member or friends or church members? How do we treat them? The bar is set high with how we treat our enemies. And then after that, I mean, how do we treat those that are close to us and friends? Um, Beware of people who cause trouble and then say, I was only joking. You ever heard that before? Ever say that before? I was only joking. I was only kidding. I was just playing. I was, and by the way, uh, if you tell a lie and say I was joking, it's still a lie. If you, if, uh, if you say something that's not true about someone and uh, you were only joking, it's still a lie. Uh, if you say something to malign or slander someone and you say, I was just joking, you still maligned, you still slandered that person. Uh, saying I was joking doesn't remove the hurt. It doesn't remove the pain of our words. And I think sometimes that's the flippant way that we kind of deal with things and say, well, I don't want to really deal with the fact that I have a problem with speaking too much or speaking my mind or all of my mind. The Bible says that's what a fool does. Uh, But I've got to uh, understand it as a friend. I'm going to learn how to control my mouth, to learn how to control my tongue, to learn how to control what I say. Um, Let me give you this next one as qualities of friendship. Uh, Friends, true friends, and this is a quality, must be lovingly honest with one another. Must be lovingly honest with one another. If, uh, if I've got egg on my face, let me know. You know what I'm saying? I, we were sitting at lunch uh, last Sunday, and my uh, little daughter, Emma, she looked across the table, and she said, Daddy, lettuce just fell off your face. It was a shining moment. I mean, I was so happy to hear that. But I'm glad that, uh, you know, in a sense, of, she didn't let me walk around with lettuce on my face. I'm glad it fell off, uh, but she took notice of it. It's funny, sometimes kids are very honest with us, but you know what? Uh, I laughed at that. Why? Because I know she loves me. I know she loves me. I can laugh at that. I, I, I mean, I get, not get angry because she pointed out uh, a flaw. Not going to get angry because she pointed out something that uh, it was in my life that perhaps I wasn't so proud of. 
wasn't a proud moment for me. Anybody ever have lettuce fall off your face? I was glad it was, it was, it was lettuce and not something else. Uh, and, uh, you know, I was, you know, I was okay with it. But I wonder sometimes, uh, if we truly have friendship relationships, loving honesty is okay. We ought to be able to talk to each other that way, by the way. You know, you ought to receive, uh, I'm your pastor, you ought to be able to receive some uh, loving honesty from me. Uh, you ought to be uh, able, and I, by the way, I ought to, ought to be able to receive loving honesty from you too. Let's just make sure it's loving honesty. Well, we're just all being lovingly honest, you know, and uh, be careful with that. Don't take that too far, but understand that uh, uh, we've got to help each other. We've got to help each other. That's the way that it's uh, supposed to be, and I, I think that's the way that friends uh, deal with each other. Uh, and I believe that loving honesty is, is a mark and a quality of biblical friendship because true friendship in the Lord cannot be built on deception. It can't be built on deception. I don't build a, 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 a biblical, a spiritual a relationship, a friendship with someone based on a deception, based on a lie. And uh, even if the truth hurts, it can never harm if it's given in love. Uh, the Bible says that it's, it's better if we speak the truth in love. Uh, we're supposed to do that. We're commanded to do that. Go to Proverbs chapter 28 and uh, verse number 23. Proverbs chapter 28 and uh, verse number 23. The Bible says, He that rebuketh a man afterwards shall find more favor than he that flattereth with the tongue. He that rebuketh a man afterwards shall find more favor than he that flattereth with the tongue. I'd rather, be, uh, I'd rather have someone be lovingly honest with something uh, in my life that's not right than rather have someone compliment me when they know there's not something right and uh, just kind of flatter me. Uh, true friends don't flatter each other. Flattery with the lips is not spiritual. Uh, we're not supposed to be flattering towards each other. Uh, you know there's a difference between compliment and flattery. Flattery is, is I'm just kind of just puffing them up. Uh, I'm not really being real. I'm not really being honest. I'm not really telling the truth. I'm just kind of, for the sake of just flattery, I, I'm just saying things that uh, don't really, aren't really helpful. Uh, it's, it's well been said that flattery is manipulation, not communication. Flattery is manipulation, not communication. In other words, I'm flattering someone because I want something from them. I want them to do something for me. I want to get something from them out of this relationship. And so I'm saying something. I'm not being honest. I'm not being forthright. I'm not being a friend. I'm just trying to get them to do what I want them to do. And so I'm letting them hear what I think they want to hear. That's not, that's not the conversation of a Christian. What, uh, what honest person would want to manipulate a friend? Uh, friends don't manipulate one another. Friends are honest with each other. Uh, friends uh, are lovingly honest with one another. Uh, we, we should never take our friends for granted and think they'll immediately forgive our offenses, even though forgiveness is the right thing for Christians. I think sometimes we can be, uh, come on, we use those verses, great peace have they that love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. And so there's nothing that anybody should be offended by, by what I say to them, or how I treat them, or what I do to them. Because if, if they're offended, that means they don't love the Bible. That's not what the Bible says. As a matter of fact, if I truly love the Word of God... I'm going to obey the Word of God, and it's going to cause me not to be offensive to my brothers and sisters in Christ. 
As a matter of fact, it's going to cause me to be more loving towards them and helpful to them and the right kind of friend. So we shouldn't take them uh, for granted. Go to Proverbs chapter 18. Proverbs chapter 18. So much in the book of Proverbs on friendship. Proverbs chapter 18 and uh, verse number 19. Proverbs chapter 18 and verse number 19. The Bible says, A brother offended is harder to be won than a strong city, and their contentions are like the bars of a castle. You know, it's strange but true that some of God's people will forgive offenses from unbelievers that they would never forgive if a Christian friend committed them. Because we expect lost people to treat us with a certain disregard. We expect lost people to uh, treat us with a certain uh, lack of care. But we don't expect that from God's people. And so we have a harder time when we're treated that way. But can we just be honest tonight? Let's not use uh, a lack of forgiveness or a, a desire to hold a grudge as a reason for us to not continue in a friendship when it comes to the, uh, for, comes to the church of God. Uh, it takes a diamond to cut a diamond. You know, and I think it's important that we, we sharpen each other, help each other. You know, uh, um, some Christians have a way of putting up defenses that even the church can't break through. You know, I'm not going to, I'm, I'm not going to let anybody uh, through in this area. I'm offended, and there's nothing you can do about it. Well, Matthew 18 has a lot to say about that and how we're supposed to handle offense. Notice, if thy brother's offended thee, you're supposed to go to him. You know what most people do? I'm offended. I'm going to wait till the person comes and begs for forgiveness. It's not what the Bible says. As a matter of fact, if I'm truly spiritual and right in the situation, I'm going to seek to restore the relationship because spiritual people restore. So the Bible says, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one. Our job as Christians is to spiritually restore. If someone, you know, you ever have somebody that uh, hurt your feelings or offended you, they didn't know they did it? You know, sometimes the best thing for you to do is if they didn't really know that they did it and you kind of know that they didn't mean to do it, just forgive them and don't make a big deal about it. Let's not take uh, molehills and make them mountains. Some people are looking for someone to offend them. Well, they don't like this about me. They don't like, and just looking, looking, look. Don't walk around with a chip on your shoulder, Christian. Don't be looking to be offended. Uh, some people are easily offended. Let me give you another quality of, of, of good friends. Uh, uh, faithful friends. Faithful friends counsel and encourage each other. Faithful friends counsel and encourage each other. It's a good test of friendship, by the way. If uh, you call someone your friend, what's your conversation like? Are you talking about people all the time? Are you talking about good, godly things? What sort of things are pure? What sort of things are lovely? What sort of things are a good report? The things that we're supposed to think about, doesn't what we think about affect what we say? Come on, it goes through the mind before it comes out the mouth. So uh, most of the time we try to say, well, I have no mind-to-mouth filter. But that's not true. It passed through the mind before it came out the mouth. And it was up here somewhere, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. So if it came out, up out of the well, it was down in the well. You don't throw a bucket down in the well and pull up something that's not down there. So if it comes up out of the well, it was down in the well. You might not even have known it was there. Come on. You ever have something come out of your mouth and say, boy, I didn't know that was in there. 
But now that I do know, i got to deal with it. Now that I know that it's there, I better handle it. I better ask the Lord to help me with it. And don't, don't uh, say this. Well, it, I just need to confess what I said. No, no. That's the fruit. You need to confess why you said it. You with me? You don't need to just confess. A lot of times we confess what we said because we're more afraid of social ramification than we are spiritual ramification. Come on. Comes to friendship, we're more afraid of what people are going to think about us than what God already knows about us. I should be more concerned with spiritual things and social things. So I need to make sure that I check myself spiritually before I worry about myself socially. Usually it's done in reverse. I'm, I'm more concerned about what people think about me because of what I say. And so I'll be quick to say, oh, I'm sorry I said that. I, really should. I didn't really mean that. I was just joking. Come on. I, I didn't really mean Or how about this? Boy, I shouldn't have said that. And then later with the Lord, God, why was that there? Where did that come from? Is there a root of bitterness in my heart? Because the Bible says that the root of bitterness which springs up troubles you, and whereby many be defiled. You know, it's the one thing that the Bible tells us many people are defiled by. It's bitterness. And the root of bitterness causes a lot of bitter words. They say hurt people hurt people. There's a lot of truth to that. And bitterness only destroys its container. It does not hurt the person that's the object of the bitterness. It destroys the person that's holding on to it. Because it corrupts us from the inside and destroys us all the way to the outside. It really destroys the very fabric of what we're supposed to be as Christians. Because the mark of Christianity is love and bitterness is the, op- is the complete opposite of love. It keeps us from loving. Love holds no jealousy or grudges. Love is not easily provoked. Bitterness is easily provoked. It holds grudges. It's jealous. It's anger. It's wrath. It is, it is really pride. It's in our hearts. Because only by pride cometh what? Contention. And so that's where that comes from. Be careful. When you hear something come out, listen, nothing ever slipped. Nothing ever slipped. You might not have curbed your tongue, but if it came out of your mouth, it was in your heart. So if things come out of your mouth that shouldn't come out of your mouth, it's always interesting that people never slip at church. It's not socially acceptable in this place, but we can slip at other, uh, other places, if you would. Uh, and it's important that we understand that uh, we've got a heart that God sees, and we've got to be honest with ourselves. Um, I said, friends, true friends, counsel and encourage each other. If we're not disagreeable, we usually learn more by disagreeing than by giving in, refusing to say what we really think, speaking the truth in love. If I'm truly a friend and have a friend, I need to be able to disagree with my friend and still remain friends. If I have a friend, it doesn't mean we agree on everything. But it does mean that when we disagree, we do so biblically. We handle things the right way. Because trying to find somebody that agrees with me about everything is not really my friend. True biblical friends don't agree with each other about everything. We don't need, listen, often when you'll see uh, social circles where there's a group of people that just are ganging up on another group of people because this group agrees and this group agrees and so they are against each other. You've got a group that agrees here and a group that agrees here. Come on, it goes back to junior high. You know what I'm talking about. 
where, you know, I've got this group and this group's on my side and this group's on how many friends do you have that are on your side? How many friends are on my side? We're, we're friends and you're friends and we're not friends and because we can't be friends because we disagree with each other. That's not biblical friendship. It's not friendship at all. It's just wrong. It's just sin. It's, uh, it's ungodly. Uh, uh, neighbors uh, and friends that are godly counsel and encourage each other. Uh, evil communication corrupts good manners, the Bible says. The Bible tells, talks us, uh, tells us that corrupt communication should not proceed out of our mouths and then defines what corrupt communication is by telling us that communication that is not good to the use of edifying, that ministers grace to the hearers, is corrupt communication. A lot of times we think about corrupt communication. I spoke to our young people in chapel about this. Corrupt communication is being cursing or things that we think is corrupt. Corrupt communication is anything that doesn't build up. It's anything that doesn't minister grace. That's corrupt communication, and it should not proceed out of our mouths, the Bible says. So I've got a problem with this. Examine your heart. Ask the Lord, help me, God, because the problem is not in my tongue. It's in my heart. The heart should be, if you would, right, and the Holy Spirit should be in control of the heart, and the Holy Spirit will control your members as well. Let me give you this next one about true friendship, the quality of true friendship. True friends exercise tact, and they're sensitive to each other's feelings. They exercise tact, and they're sensitive to each other's feelings. Um, If we spend too much time together, we, we may wear out our welcome. Be careful hanging around the same people all the time. It causes problems on regular social settings, and it causes a lot of problems in churches, too. In other words, uh, I don't have a best friend family in the church. We don't do that because it's not biblical. And by the way, just like you wouldn't respect it in my life as your pastor, it, it's not something that should happen in your life either because we don't, we're not supposed to have cliques and schisms and divisions. We're supposed to be friends to each other. Uh, If it's been a while since you had somebody to the house, maybe invite somebody else that hasn't been there yet. Uh, Don't just have the same people run with the same crowd, be around the same people all of the time. Uh, It's important uh, that we learn to be friends to all people, not just the people who we think that are like us or will just do everything the same way that we do them. Um, Look at uh, Proverbs 25 and verse number 17. Proverbs chapter 25 and verse number 17. Withdraw thy foot from thy neighbor's house, lest he be weary of thee, and so hate thee. Let's just be really honest with each other tonight, because we're friends. I love you, and I'm your friend, but I don't want to live with you. And you don't want to live with me either. It's the truth. And uh, friends don't do that. Uh, It's important that we have space to grow as friends. You know, there's some privacy that's necessary in the life. I, I would encourage you as a family to make sure uh, you have time with just your family. You don't always have to be with other people. Uh, it's important that you cultivate the right kind of relationships with your family and that those are strong. I think sometimes people uh, at the expense of their family and spouse uh, can have friendship relationships that are not helpful and uh, they actually are hurting. So be careful. Exercise tact. Be sensitive. If we're going to grow, we need space. Space comes from privacy and solitude, and neither one of them are bad. It's okay to have privacy. It's okay to have solitude. Everybody needs to be able to go home and just be with their family. (laughs) Being alone, 
Superman had the fortress of solitude, didn't he? You know, it's, it's okay to, to be able to uh, go home. Some of you did just, whew, you didn't get that one, all right? But uh, a Superman reference, all right. Uh, so, but, you know, it's important that you're able to uh, have some privacy and some solitude. And by the way, uh, wives and husbands and, and children, be okay with just being with your family. Be okay with just being together. You don't always have to have a friend in the room when you're with your family. And uh, don't do it through uh, being on a device either that brings your friends in the room with your family when you're ignoring your family. Don't ignore the people in the room by wishing there were other people there. Be where you are. Don't always want to be somewhere else. Don't waste uh, the time that we have together. A lot of times, uh, husbands and wives, we're not careful. Uh, we can always be, be somewhere else when we're with each other. We ought to be together. There's time to husbands and wives leave your work where it is, leave the situations, and be with each other. That's just as much for me as it is for you tonight. Uh, We've got to, even with husbands and wives, respect each other's privacy, not be constantly uh, together, uh, but be able to mature and have some privacy uh, apart. Um, Beware the friend who uh, loudly and frequently praises you and tells you what a good friend you are because true friendship doesn't depend on antics. It's not what it, it, it depends on. Um, one of the dangers, and uh, I'm done tonight, with social network friendships is that uh, really it can be a constant barrage of people just telling us how great we are. And we love it. We rush to see the like. We rush to see the comment. We rush to see how many people shared, if you would. And uh, that can be a real danger because uh, I, I, even, I don't know if you know what Instagram is or not. But it's a picture-sharing site, and uh, even my kids, uh, will, my wife will put a picture up of us or something, and they'll go, how many likes did it get? <laughs> and if it's of them, if they got more likes than someone else, then it must be better. We must be greater. And uh, the truth of the matter is, is I understand uh, the place in that, but really some people are, are really valuing or devaluing who they are based on how many people, if you would, are, are reinforcing to them how wonderful they are. It, come on, we're living in the generation of the selfie. That's what we are. Uh, until this year, it wasn't even a word, and now it's the word of 2000. It was the word of 2013. In our generation, the word of 2013 was the word selfie. And I think it probably pretty much tells us what our generation is all about self. It's about me. It's about how do I look? What do I like? And it's about ourselves. And uh, by the way, the Bible says that each esteem other better than themselves. It's not about us. It's about others. If we're not careful, we'll be so wrapped up in ourselves. You should not need someone to validate you through a social network that doesn't even know you while you ignore true biblical friends and friendships, and you don't value them. We've devalued true friendship, and we've accepted a substitute which is far inferior to true biblical friendship. Young people, be careful uh, having, having to have these best friends that you change every two or three years, or every two or three days, or every two or three hours. Uh, we don't need to have those relationships. We need to have relationships that are helping us. The Bible says a friend loveth at all times. You know what that tells me tonight? 
young people, your parents are your friends because they love you all the time. They love you all the time. Your family is your friends. They love you all the time. Your church, they're your friends. Love you all the time. You know, and uh, if we're not careful, we'll leave true friendship for the fake, facade, antic-driven, narcissistic world of friends that we see in this world. And it's all about us. It's not about others. If I'm truly a friend, I'll sacrifice what I want for someone else. Because that's the true showing of love. And friendships are based on love. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Paul said, I very gladly spend to be spent for you. He called them his friends, his church family. It's okay for us to give ourselves to other people. And let's learn, hey, in friendships, we're not always going to agree, but it's okay. Because when we disagree, we can handle it biblically. And it's not about keeping score about who won. It's about knowing that is Christ magnified in praise as a result even of our disagreements. Uh, when I see in the Bible when disagreements were handled biblically, Christ was magnified, the gospel continued, and people were saved and lives were changed as a result of even disagreements among Christians because they were handled the way that they should. People in the world expect us, come on, just to handle things just the way everybody else does. Somebody doesn't like you, you treat them that way, you talk about them, you don't handle situations right. Listen, uh, let's leave gossip out of our lives. And uh, let's be honest with ourselves. This is a problem that's in our heart. We've got to confess it as sin and ask God to help us with that. And let's be real friends. Let's be real friends, genuine with each other, honest with each other, and helpful to one another. Father, I pray tonight. i got to know just to practice. If God has used this ministry in any way to be a blessing to you, please take a moment to send us an email to info at opendoornj.org. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online at opendoornj.org. Thanks for tuning in.